Welcome, food enthusiasts, to another episode of the Future Foodcast. I'm Pam Line Miller, your host, and today we have a really fun guest with us. Tappan Shaw is the head of Mondelez Snack Futures Ventures, and we're excited to welcome him to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here, and that was uh, that, that was a bit of a mouthful. So you you, you did it with flying colors. Thanks so much. And a bit of a mouthful that you get to unpack for us now, Tappan, because we, a lot of us have heard of Mondelez, very huge company, very large company. But what about the Snack Futures Ventures piece of it that you're heading up? Can you tell us what you're doing there? Yeah, absolutely. So Snack Futures is a, a multifunctional team. I almost look at us as the tip of the spear of the future of food for Mondelez. Obviously, we have amazing incredible global brands like Oreo and Cadbury and Ritz and many, many, many others. Uh, but as we look at the future of where consumers are moving, about three and a half, four years ago, Snack Futures was created. And it had three kind of core tenets. One of those being what we call Invent, which is a brand creation. So we actually have created our own brands, almost a, a group of intrapreneurs, we call we, we call that team, um, that are brands in both North America and Europe, uh, things like Dirt Kitchen Snacks um, in, in the US and No Koi in France, for example, are just a couple examples of that. We also are amplifying. So we're using our, our platform and the resources of Mondelez to support the ecosystem through our accelerator platform called Colab. And so Colab is a be- best in class 12 week incubate, you know, uh, accelerator for early stage companies. These are brands that are coming through no obligations to Mondelez. And and I've been impressed with that platform because the commitment from our organization, from the top, from our CEO, Dirk Van to put all the way down has been, has been amazing. And then lastly is the group that I had up, which is, is ventures. And so we are making venture capital investments in some of the most innovative uh, early stage uh, food and food technology companies around the world. Wow. That sounds like a really fun situation to be in. I mean, your days have got to be different every single day. You're you're doing different things, looking at different companies and trying to figure out uh, where to move next. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say for me as a venture capitalist, one of the most exciting things for me is always the opportunity to talk to founders and doing it in a way with Mondelez. And, and I think organizationally, the spirit and the support and the energy around my work have been amazing. Uh, my team is, you know, the people that are around me, even though they're not working on ventures every day, have been amazing and enthusiastic, you know, about just the ability to talk to, spend time with founders, obviously the founders in our portfolio uh, in particular that just bring an energy to my day, you know, and keep me on my toes. I love doing it. And, and ultimately the ability to build partnerships, build relationships of a founder who always refers to, you know, when he, when he was deciding on and who is bringing into, you know, for, for investment is, is really building a family. And so yeah. I think that's just one of the most exciting parts of it. Yeah. I like that you talk about the tip of the spear, just trying to figure out where things are going and who's on the front end of that. That's got to be very exciting, but what have you done before this that brings you to the point where you're in a position to evaluate these situations? I mean, Mondelez is, we'll talk about that in a minute, but it's very unusual, this whole investment approach and and all that the resources that they're putting into these three phases and then uh, ending on the phase that you're talking to us about right now with actually the investment piece. Yeah. I mean, how did you get there? Yeah. My my story is interesting and it's been a, uh, it's been a, it's been a pretty fun one and a pretty unique one. So I graduated college and I got a job, uh, at vitamin water, which was, you know, a 
early stage growing company. I was one of the one of the very early employees of the of the company, and actually, it's where I met my wife. I was both of our first days of work under the same boss, and you know, uh, was so so life basically began then. And so I saw you know this brand, this rocket ship brand, grow from being early stage to obviously ultimately exiting to Coke. And you know, in my mind, in my like you know young nascent career, where I didn't know anything. I was like, oh, that's what you do. You uh, you join a company and you exit to Coke for billions of dollars, and and. And uh, obviously, we all know that it's much harder than that and much rarer than that. But it was still, you know, uh, a seminal experience for me personally. I had amazing mentors at the organization. And ultimately, for me, going into traditional brand management was something I wanted to do. And I had good guidance from from many of the leaders um, at at the company. So I ended up going to business school and, you know, getting my my traditional brand management stripes under me. So I was at the Campbell Soup Company for for three years, both in uh, headquarters in New Jersey and at Pepperidge Farm in Connecticut. And for me, it really just built a strong analytic base that I didn't have from, from my work experience standpoint. But ultimately, the early stage world was the world that always wanted to be in where my roots were. And so I ultimately ended up going in and being a part of the executive team at a growing restaurant chain in New York called Energy Kitchen. And uh, that was an experience and you know, learned a lot in the failure that we had. Um, but I was guided by, by an incredible leader, Mike Rapoli, um, there. And obviously, his successes are well documented. And um, when when I left there, I ultimately had the opportunity to move to the investment side and a very, very close friend of mine, Jordan Gaspar, or I now a close friend of mine, but but I was just meeting, met her through through a common friend. Her and her, for, her and a partner were launching what is now called AF Ventures, then called Excel Foods, and you know, had the opportunity to move to the investment side. And under under that team um, got to, I started with just like understanding the terminology and then being a part of transactions and then, you know, being part of boards and leading transactions and had an amazing experience there. I uh, took a little bit of break from the industry that I, only industry I knew and ended up getting an opportunity to to be a part of the leadership team at PepsiCo Ventures, which is about five minutes from my house. And then, uh, you know, had a had a conversation with Mondelez at this point, almost two years ago, an initial conversation and about a year and a half joined Mondelez and, and, you know, and the support, you know, and, and Kind of the the passion that Mondelez as an organization has for what's going on in the early stage world and the support I have in ventures um, is really top notch. And so we've got a lot of exciting things coming down the pipe. Yeah, and your experience, as you explained it, really uniquely qualifies you. You did you realize had had that unusual uh, home run at the beginning with Vitamin Water, but then you've worked with some other really large names and and gotten some good experience. And you talked about learning, you know, going back to school and and getting that piece of the data and analytics behind you, understanding, you know, how that works with some of your experience. Uh, Being in the restaurant, that was a little bit, that's an interesting piece too. But again, just experiencing a different side of things and how consumers react and all of that. So now you are really kind of taking advantage of all that experience to be able to figure out what's going on out there in the world, what consumers are looking for and the trends that are going on. What are you seeing? I think that there's there's a lot of common themes you're going to hear from others and peers of mine at strategics and funds. You know, we, you know, I look at I look at trends as what are there's trends of today versus what are long 
long lasting trends or what are what, what trends become you know the term that's used been used to me by one of our executives is what trends become sustainable long term not sustainable from an environmental standpoint that that is important um more from like what what can go from a trend to being just kind of part of the everyday ethos and so i think that there's you know there's there's ingredients for example um you know people people want to, you know, throw around the term plant-based. I always say plant-based is always going to be important, but you know what the original plant, you know, one of the original plant-based foods was like potato chips as a plant-based food, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's more, you know, what does plant-based actually mean to you? Does it mean eating cleaner or does it mean that you're trying to find a one-for-one meat substitute? I think that we look at plant, you know, we start, we do a lot of catch-all terms in this space because we want to hit those buzzwords where there's a lot of specificity around what, what what are the drivers for consumers? Because I think conceptually plant-based has always been important. Things like, you know, things like eating more legumes and, and things of that nature that have always been, you know, core part of healthy diets that frankly kind of have gotten left in the, by the wayside because of the rise of frankenfood and things of that nature. So I look at what are we trying to solve? I also look at, you know, things like functionality. I think functionality and real efficacious functionality, again, is something that I think is really important. Efficacious is a big one. The, you know, the, the the biggest functional food we have out there is like this caffeine, right? So you're getting caffeine from coffee, soda, whatever it may be. I I think that there's a lot of opportunities in functional food, whether it's energy or pro, you know, things of that nature, gut health that are that that are huge. But it's again, what is efficacious, what is real? And I think a lot of that is where we're we're looking at places. And then lastly, I'd bring up the concept of sustainability. And sustainability can be as important as regenerative farming and upcycling to packaging and looking at all those different areas. Yep. And we've covered all of those on different episodes of the Future Foodcast. So if you're out there listening to some of the things that Toppen is talking about, go check out some of our episodes on those topics. It was real interesting to me what you said about potato chips being a plant-based food, because from a marketing perspective, maybe some of the chip manufacturers could just change the marketing that, you know, potato chips traditionally or health aren't looked at as the healthiest snack, although they're addictive and we love them. But maybe if marketing wise and change it to plant-based food, some of those that are more health inclined might now start eating potato chips more because it's plant-based food. I just had that thought. I I don't think it would work, but Uh, you know, I I, 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 I think it's more like what like plant-based food by the way, I'm I'm no criticism of like people trying to create the burger experience right through plants. I I think that that's admirable and it has its, it has its market. But again, I think that your point is exactly right. Like what does plant-based mean to you? And like, what are the goals? I think ultimately we look at, we want to use a catch-all phrase in our space when we're, we, at the same time, you know, we talk out of both sides of our mouth. We're like, oh, we're talking about, you know, the importance of the individual personalization, right? We're using a catch-all for like a very broad world when we're also at the same time we're talking about personalization like that's just it's it, it can be confusing like what are my goals my goals are to lose weight or to bring my cholesterol down or to you know to to just eat less meat those are different things and you approach them differently right and that's a really good point because yeah people do kind of just make a wholesale statement and and everything falls in that bucket but that's you're saying that's really not the way it is we need to be specific on on you know what consumers were trying to reach and the things that are 
important to them when we're looking at the trends, especially the trends, I guess I call it the sustainable trends, like the trends that then become a movement that then just become part of what we're doing and and how we're eating and um, just become a part of all that's going on. Uh, But to your point too, those, uh, you started with plant-based foods, but in general, I think there is a trend towards healthier eating. Is that what you're seeing out there? I do believe in healthier eating. And I do believe, you know, I think, again, I think healthier eating can be carved into multiple ways. And I would almost look at it in two ways. One is the one is clean ingredients, which I personally, you know, I like to indulge and I, but I like, I, you know, what I eat is, is fairly clean, but I consume sugar and things of that nature. And then there's like the healthier, which is like, you know, things like sugar reduction, fat reduction, things of that nature. And so again, they're both relevant and fair. I'm a food person and I've always believed that first, that taste has to come first, right? For you to really be successful, taste has to come first. So again, unless you're doing something that is so unique, and let's use the term again, efficacious, where like taste doesn't matter because you're really changing people's lives, um, which there are plenty of wonderful brands out there that 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 can at least touch on that. I think yeah. taste has to come first. And so, you know, and, and I think this is a, an ethos of Mondelez and other multinationals in particular who sell a lot of the largest brands is if it tastes good, you got to, there's a chance. If it doesn't taste good, right? You might be speaking to a, a specific uh, health need or diet or lifestyle, you know, but at some point you're probably capped um, from a size standpoint. And that's just, that, that, that's my belief. So we are very much still, even with early stage, better for you, clean ingredient, healthy brands, we are still a taste, you know, our ethos, our thesis is still taste first. Yeah. You're going to be limited to the people who aren't going to hold that health benefit or whatever the other benefit is. Uh, if the, if it doesn't, if the taste is substandard, yeah. uh, you're the, the people that the taste will take over and they won't care as much about that health benefit. Yeah. There's <laughs> a, there, and any, anything, right. Whether, you know, gluten-free this, that there's a small, there's a, right. no, there's a, gr- a meaningful group of people that they hold that, that the health piece sacred. And I respect that. And there's actually a very large marketplace for that. But that again, that doesn't mean that it can't taste great, right? And so that that's our thing. Yeah, I've heard I mean, people talk a good game as far as healthy eating and all that, but they really taste good. Right. Uh, whatever tastes good. And and then next meal, I'll make the healthier choice is kind of how people really think when they execute things. Well, talk to me about some of our projects that are going on. What What's fun and innovative that you have going on in your different spaces that you're playing in? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think for, uh, I think there's a lot of really interesting things going on in the world, right? I think that we're, you know, I'm taking, you know, we're taking approaches as Mondelez Ventures, looking at new business models, right? New routes to market. And everybody's like, oh, DTC, this, that. But there's a lot going on in distribution. There's a lot going on in in, in those areas that I think are just are, are interesting. And we're not, you know, whether we're investing in those spaces or not is a different story. But those are the areas that that are just fascinating. The 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 things that people are doing in packaging. Like I just came across a company that's doing, you know, doing uh, through a friend, through a close friend, a a wraps for you know pallet wraps that are made out of like potato waste as opposed to petroleum basic. That is, the, you know, those sustain those are different areas of sustainability that are fascinating. What's yeah. going on in the future of retail? I think is is amazing. I was just at the U.S. Open last week, and Amex has on the U.S. Open grounds a couple of stores where you go in, you just tap your credit card, just a quick tap, walk through a turnstile grab whatever you want to and just walk out the door. And, and I know that, you know, 
you know, Amazon, others are, are testing those things, but what does that future of retail look like? I also take it from the lens, not just of early stage Mondelez, but how can that, how can all these different areas be effective for big, you know, what I call big Mondelez? And it's, it's just, it's fascinating stuff. And so for me, it's kicking the tires on space. You know, I'm, I'm very familiar with brands and, and ingredients and things of that nature going beyond that is just, for me, has just been, is fascinating. Yeah. Interesting. I, I interviewed a university who's doing that touchless shopping with their snack, with their snacks, where the college students go and get drinks and snacks and right up your alley. Uh, and it's touchless. Same idea. They've actually got that happening in Washington, DC uh, right now. That's a, that's a project that they have going. So it's, it's just whatever you take off the shelf, it's kind of like, okay, we're charging for that. Right on your yeah it's it's fascinating isn't it Just the different trends that are going um but then again i mean there's a lot of a, a lot of good examples out there i know you talked about your collab environment correct me if i got the terminology wrong where you have people that are joining with you and and have had some great successes from you know helping brands figure out how to navigate you know that that changing space to get them launched out there and and work through that. I mean, that's some of the expertise that you're bringing to the table from what you said before. As yeah, collab is collab is it has been awesome for us and and the team. My boss Bridget Wolf, Jackie Haney on my team, they've been amazing and they've built really in my mind a best in class program. Accelerators can you know after there's like a hundred accelerators out there and they could have a they could be a bit of a taboo, but our team, you know, the two of my colleagues I mentioned, they went and really went out with the organizations to support to build something that was unique. And it's really not just saying that we're bringing the resources of Mondelez to bear, but it's actually bringing the resources of Mondelez to bear. So everything from, you know, packaging, you know, packaging and design support to brands struggling with a retailer and, you know, talking to our teams, right? We're a large, you know, one of the large food companies in the world. Our teams have, you know, great relationships with most retailers, if not all of them. And so getting our teams insights into best in class execution, even, even, even introductions has been, has been absolutely tremendous for these brands. And these are brands that we're not investors in. These are brands that we're, you know, we don't have equity in, but the impact, the material impact that we can make on them has been tremendous. And frankly, the, the material impact that, that the founders, right. We've, we've given the founders really open access to the organization. And so the, you know, we're not trying to keep them in a little box in the corner and say, Hey, we're Mondelez. We're doing this. It's really been putting our money where our mouth is and, yeah. and, and having these founders, spending time and interacting within our organization, you know, has, you know, has helped our teams, you know, in North America and others around the world kind of just, you know, again, it's hard to make a, have a big company change, but if we can start with thinking differently, I think that that's pretty, pretty tremendous and, and highly impact, impactful. Well, and you're, you're dealing with a couple of different things here because really the marketplace is very volatile in a lot of areas. And, you know, those, those newer companies, we always think about incubators, I do anyway, in the terms of like software technology, that's the common place where we see that, but to bring it into the food space and, and actually, you know, just um, help get the information out and, and take, um, we've talked about this with sustainability with some other big companies, you know, what you're doing in this area and, and being able to share that, that kind of raises the whole industry, which is what sure. I saying that Mondelez sure. is doing, you know, to be able to empower some of these smaller companies that have great ideas to be able to launch in a meaningful way and navigate what are the challenges we got 
we have all kinds of challenges. We have inflation and supply chain, and you know, you're able to help by giving Absolutely. a view, right? There's so much to think about. Like I look at founders, I've been investing in founders for, for you know a decade now. And you look at the amount of stuff that founders were dealing with, which was a lot, you know, eight, seven, eight, nine years ago. It was um, immense. I can't even put it all on paper. And now with the complications and the volatility, when you layer that on post-COVID supply chain, business model, this, that, you know, you got to give a lot of, fa- you got to give founders, you know, it, m- an immense amount of credit for for navigating the path. And I, 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 my respect only grows for them on a daily basis. I think from a Mondelez standpoint, it's, you know, from, from a collab standpoint, it's been, the program has been designed to give them best in class access, but I still look at it like this, any kind of platform and resource, it's ultimately up to the founder to maximize their experience. Right. And so, you know, for me, it's super basic. It's, it's, what is the, what will, you know, collaboration, how you, how you interact, what you're, you know, you know, how are you, how are you looking to, to tap into the resource? How respectful are you? How time sensitive are you? How focused are you? Frankly, is more important, right? You can't just go in and ask somebody in supply chain, "Hey, can you fix my supply chain?" Like, you no, know, somebody at Mondelez can't fix your supply chain. But you know, if you're having trouble on procurement, maybe they can help you. If you, you know, you're having trouble with the, you know, somebody, who, you know, a part for a mach- for machinery. Again, not saying the answer is always yes. Being focused is, and I'm talking about very acute things, but I think even that focus is kind of, you know, is, is everything. It also, right? I think that founders also. Certainly, I think one of the things that we've worked we've worked hard on is getting them to focus on the right things in their business. Um, attention to detail is important, and kind of focusing on even the small things. But like, what are the strategic priorities? And is the you only have so much bandwidth? It, you know, this is Mondelez's view. You know, this is where we're. You know, the the buddies and the mentors and the collab platform are there to help. Is the work you're doing there to support your strategy and kind of what needs to get done? Yeah. And, and that's so important, Toppen, because a lot of times founders and entrepreneurs are all down in the details and the execution on every day and help them have that view and come up to the executive level and make those strategic decisions and direction choices. That's, I mean, I would say that's golden. That probably is the difference between success and failure for a lot of of newer founders and and the fact that you're giving that guidance. Now that's the collab piece, but in your snack futures ventures, where you're investing in your portfolio companies, are you also kind of helping them along as well with that investment? Yeah, yeah we are extremely hands-on, extremely okay. hands-on investors. And and um again, you know, much like I talked about collab and the resources of Mondelez, like obviously the the broader resources of Mondelez, right? Capital included, a big part of our of our investment thesis. So, you know, we have brand marketing experts. We're actually, you know, we're getting off. I'm getting off this this podcast with you and jumping into a uh, into a brand strategy session with some internal Mondelez experts who've worked on some of the largest brands in the world, but also created you know some of the best brand successes. So we are, you know, we look at it very much as you know, our optimal world is a brand grows and, you know, we have the opportunity to, to fold them into our portfolio in the future. And, and, and ultimately, um, you know, part of that is the collaborative process we go on to help grow and build that business. Yeah. And that's just, it's such a unique perspective. Thank, thank you for sharing that with us today about what Mondelez is doing on these three different levels, really to, to work in their space, but to work, to, to further, you know, move everybody forward. And I I just think that's empowering and it's just a great spirit, a great culture to hear about 
that everybody's, you know, cooperatively working together and, and trying to help people work through the challenges that they're facing and, and that everybody's facing, uh, but, but you're sharing the wealth, essentially sharing the knowledge and, and trying to help everybody move through. I just think it's just a cool topic. And I don't know what I might not have asked about, but I would love to hear if there's any insight, any messaging that you would like to share with our future Foodcast audience that we haven't already covered this morning. You know, I, I actually want to go back, go to the, your what you your last point, which is this industry, you know, it's given me everything in, and it's been amazing and and always been incredibly collaborative. And as the, the market gets more volatile, you know, as different types of capital come in, you know, I think that the maintaining of the collaboration and kind of the communication and, and just how we can all work together, because ultimately, right, this is, there's two things here. One, this is food, it should be fun. And two, this is food, it could better people's lives. I think that like, we, if we look at it from the, from that perspective, like, ultimately, we should all be in the game of, of, of doing it together. It's been a great industry. There's a lot of exciting things, you know, to, to the audience, there's, there's a lot of exciting things happening. And, you know, just go and, 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 you know, pick, pick, something that is passionate for you and just go attack it. And trust me, you'll, you'll, you'll affect a lot of change. Well, thanks for those positive words of encouragement. And we are so happy that you spent some time with us on the Future Foodcast today. Thanks a lot, Tappan. Thank you for having me. Great to see you. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcast. Future Foodcast is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry. 